0: Our scripture for today, if you have a Bible or uh, an app that you would like to open up, is from the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 44. I believe the words will also be on the screen if you would like to follow along, but hear uh, the word this morning from Isaiah chapter 44, starting with verse 22. I swept away your rebellion like a cloud and your sins like fog. Return to me because I have redeemed you. Sing heavens, for the Lord has acted. Shout, depths of the earth, burst out with a ringing cry, you mountains, forests, and every tree in it. The Lord has redeemed Jacob and will glorify himself through Israel. The Lord, your Redeemer, who formed you in the womb, says, I am the Lord the maker of all, who alone stretched out the heavens, who spread out the earth by myself. May God add a blessing to the reading and hearing and understanding of scripture. Our hearts and minds are open. Amen.
1: Uh, I have a riddle for you this morning. Okay, you're trapped in a room with unbreakable walls, no doors or windows, all you have is a computer. How do you get out? Well, you press the escape key. <laughs> Boo. Uh, you know, there are times in our life that, that we do, we feel just trapped. And, and we feel trapped by things like work, school, our debt. Even our politics, and it's not just governmental politics, is it? We we feel trapped by the politics of of our very own families and friend groups and and, and work and and even the church. Uh, We can feel like that we are in one of those rooms with thick walls, with no doors and no windows. Uh, We're in our third week of a series called uh, Becoming Resilient where we're looking at the prophecy of Isaiah to learn how the ancient people of God were able to bounce back under immense oppression and captivity. Uh, What we're doing is we're taking a deeper look at four words in the Hebrew language that we find throughout the scriptures that can help us be resilient, Uh, We've looked at um, words like walk. We learned that walking with God is not like walking to the back of the room or, or to the car, but walking with God is journeying with God and also with each other. We also looked at the word hope we learned that hope in the Hebrew language is closely related to being patient where we can wait on God and what God wants. And today, we're going to look at the word redeem. Now, redeem is not a word that we use very much, is it? Unless we're talking about a coupon or something like that where we're going to go redeem uh, a... uh, Hamburger because our flight was late. We're going to take a coupon and get something back. Um, this is not what uh, the ancient people thought of when they thought of the word redeem. The word uh, redeem, in the Hebrew, it's translated as gal, G-A-A-L, gal. It appears about a hundred times throughout the scriptures. And for the ancient church, the word redeem comes with significant life altering implications. Uh, in the book, 70 Hebrew Words Christians Should Know, Matthew Schlim talks about what it means to be redeemed. In the ancient world, if a person was not able to pay their debts, they would have to give up their land, their livelihood their freedom, and much, much more. They could even lose their life. They would be trapped in this spiral of poverty and oppression. Uh, People in that time didn't have a great system for helping people who got into debt. But there was a practice in the Old Testament that's closely related to this theme of redemption, um, a family member could come and purchase your debts for you, and that family member would be called a gall redeemer, a redeemer. Now, the likelihood of having a family member who is wealthy enough <laughs> and willing to pay off all your debts I can imagine was fairly slim. Now there's another concept in the Old Testament that is closely related to this idea and it's called uh, uh, Jubilee. Now this practice is a law that every seven years farmers would stop cultivating their lands and they were required to set free all of their slaves. Uh, It was basically a reset, a redo. Now, Mike Holly and I were chatting about this in the office this week, and, and he brought up to me that it's interesting that throughout history, it's hard to find examples of the Jewish people actually practicing jubilee. You wonder why? Because it's hard. It's hard to, to reset and give up everything you have. Now, in this passage that Michael read for us, Isaiah is reminding the people that God is their gall. God is their redeemer. God will not let the people continually suffer. God will redeem them for their sins. Now, to give us some context, in the first part of this chapter, Isaiah calls out the people for idol worshiping. Uh, you see, in their struggle, if you remember from if you were here last week, we talked about how uh, both kingdoms, the uh, Israel the Israelite kingdom, uh, and also uh, the southern kingdom, they were both captured and thrown into captivity, and how they are beginning to deal with this captivity is taking their uh, eyes off God and putting uh, their hopes and dreams into. Practices by their own hands, things that that they could control. And Isaiah is saying, this is not enough. There's nothing that you can do that will surpass what God can do for you. Uh, In verse 22, uh, Isaiah says, I swept away your rebellions like a cloud, and your sins like fog. Return to me because I have redeemed you. God's mercy is so big in this moment that he talks about it in the past tense, that it's already happened. And also, do you notice the order up there? It doesn't say return to me and I will redeem you. It says return to me Because I have redeemed you. Because God is our Redeemer, we can become resilient. Isaiah is essentially saying that there's nothing that you can do to where God won't love you. God loves you and there's nothing in the world you can do about that. And we can bounce back from things of this world because God is our goal. God loves us unconditionally. However, don't we just continually do the things that just push us further and further away from God? I want to talk about what we can do to help bridge the gap between who we are and who God knows us to be, how we can be resilient and live in the freedom that God is our redeemer. Uh, I want to do it this week by asking just three questions. Uh, The first question I want to ask is, is, what keeps you from God? You see, Isaiah is trying to get the people to see that how they are living their life is keeping them from focusing on what really matters. Uh, And we got quite a bit of empathy for these folks, don't we? (laughs) They've lost their land, they've lost their livelihood, they're living in captivity, they're poor and depressed. They feel trapped as if the walls are closing in on them and there's absolutely no way out. And you know what? When we feel trapped, we do the same thing. We take our focus away from God and put our focus on idols, things that we can control, things that our own hands can build. You know, some will turn to substances. Uh, some will turn to, to uh, unhealthy relationships. And one of the best ways that I think we can begin to live in the hope that God is already our Redeemer is to figure out what those things are in our life that keep us from being with God. Now, there are many things that creep into our lives uh, here, here's some of the common ones in our, our culture today. Prosperity. That's a big one for our culture. Uh, we, we put our hopes in being prosperous so we spend more time on the things that it takes to make more money so that we can get more stuff. Our image is something uh, that has become an idol for us today, right? Uh, we, we put so much time and energy into how we look to the outside world, and, and with social media, that has just ramped up even more. Entertainment is a way that, that we put things in front of our relationship with God. We're obsessed with it. Did you realize the average person watches 141 hours of TV per month? That's 15 years of their life. Spend some time this week discovering what keeps you from God. I don't know what that is for you. You might not even know what that is for you. A good idea would be to Find a trusted friend, somebody that you know will tell you the truth, and just ask them, say, hey, what are the things in my life that you think keep me from God? Uh, Once we identify some of these things, then I think we can ask, ask the next question How can I come back to God? And coming back to God can be a really difficult thing. You know, in the United Methodist tradition, we don't re-baptize. You know, sometimes we get so far away from God that, that we think we have to be re-baptized in order to be welcomed back into God's family. The, the problem with that is, is baptism is a covenant. And a covenant can only be broken if both people break them. And God doesn't break the covenant. God is our gall, our redeemer. Isaiah says this in verse 26 of the same chapter. But the Lord confirms the word of my servant and fulfills the predictions of my messengers who says about Jerusalem, it will be resettled. And who says about the cities of Judah, they will be rebuilt and I will restore it. I will restore their ruins. God is in the business of making things new. Our, our humanist has always struggled with this, hasn't it? In the the story of the prodigal son, you can see the connections between uh, the prodigal son and this text in Isaiah. You see, the the younger son uh, wants his stuff and asks for his inheritance, and, and it's granted to him, and he goes off on his own. And he spends his inheritance on what the scripture says wild living. He spends it on idols, and it's wasted away to nothing. So he thinks to himself, man, even my father's servants have food, so I'm going to go back and hopefully just be one of my father's servants. Well, he heads back, and he doesn't even get through his speech before his father hugs him and puts Uh, the best robe on his back and rings on his fingers and then shoes on his feet and then decides, we're gonna have a party. In this story, the boy felt trapped. He was stuck in a situation where he could not get out, but he figured out the escape key, (laughs) going back to his father. And getting rid of unhealthy habits is extremely hard, and we can't do it alone. We, too, need to go back to God. Coming back to God will mean dealing with those things in our life. Just because the young boy came home and was welcomed back doesn't mean that he didn't deal with some of the same stuff that he dealt with before. And it may be that you are in a place where you need to deal with past hurts and pain in a significant way. And if that's you, your church is here to walk with you and help you find the right counselors that can help you deal with all of that stuff and embrace that God is our Redeemer. Uh, James Clear, uh, who is the habit guru, suggests that we don't really eliminate bad habits, but we can put new habits in place of this. I taught on this about 18 months ago, and I used this same story. So yes, I'm aware I've used this story before, Uh, but, but it works so well. I had the bad habit of waking up in the morning, getting my coffee, and watching cable news for about an hour. Uh, Very bad habit. It would make me ornery all day long. Uh, I replaced it based on James Clear's advice in the book, Atomic Habits. He calls it habit stacking. I kept the coffee and then replaced it with a devotional. I haven't watched a single cable news show in two years. Now, I do confess the devotional part has shifted a little bit, but yet I replaced that habit by stacking something more positive on top of it. Because God is our redeemer. We can be resilient. God is there to embrace us. God is there to put robes on our backs and rings on our fingers and shoes on our feet and say, we're going to have a party The last question I want you to consider this week is how can you be a gall for someone else? God's forgiveness and desire for us to be redeemed is way too important for us to just keep it to ourselves. To redeem is to set free And what really matters to people is that they get a fresh start. You know, each week, Jeremiah, Tula, and I meet, and we we talk about different things, and we got to talking about this word redeem and what it means uh, in the Hebrew language and what it could mean for us today. And I kind of asked the question, what would this look like today, this word redeem? And he said, oh, I know. And he shared this story with me about a church in North Carolina, uh, it is um, Trinity Moravian Church in Winston Salem, North Carolina, and they started what they call the Debt Jubilee Project. Uh, Jeremiah kind of unpacked a little bit about how this debt system works from healthcare in, in, in the world that that the healthcare systems will, will take a, a debt that they know that they're not going to get back, and they'll sell it for pennies on the dollar to a collection agency. And then the collection agency will then take all those people and begin to call them uh, and harass them to get uh, just a little bit of the money back, hopefully that they will bring in more than what they paid for that for that debt. Uh, what this church did, uh, this church uh, went to the hospital there in town, and they purchased $3 million worth of medical debt for $15,000. And instead of collecting on that debt, they held a jubilee ceremony and burned the note. This kept 3,000 people from being harassed by debt collectors, uh, the pastor there at Trinity kind of said that, that most people in this group of 3,000 were people who were just making it through life, just like everyone else. And, and one of them had an illness or an injury and in a hospital stay that threw them into debt. Did you know that uh, medical debt is the second leading cause of bankruptcy in the United States of America and the pastor said, We can't fix the system, but this is something that we can do. That church was a real life gall, a real life redeemer. They gave a group of people a fresh start. Who can you be a redeemer for? Who can you help give a fresh start to in your life? Is it a neighbor? friend a family member maybe it's just a complete stranger when we become resilient we're able to focus on what really matters let's pray oh god we thank you for being our redeemer oh god help us to come back to you not so that we'll be okay, but come back to you because you've already made it okay. Help us to grow into the people that you know that we can be so that we can go out and reach out to others. In Jesus' name, amen.